0: We are so glad that you are with us this morning. I don't know about you, but boy, I'm telling you. Thank you, brother. Amen. I hope, I hope that you're worshiping right where you are. I have been praying this morning. Mercy. I have been praying this morning that God would make a sanctuary out of every living room out of every place that you're at this morning. And uh, I've just, I'm I'm in here by myself. I mean, we've got our our tech people, but uh, I'm sitting in this, in the middle, in the middle, yeah, and they're waving at me. God bless our tech people. Hey, listen, this is made possible because of these tech people. So y'all need to be thanking Jesus for them and also all of our praise team and and our worship team. But I was sitting in the middle of this auditorium in, in the congregation part all by myself, and uh and i I'm, I'm just singing with them and worshiping with them and and thinking about what God is doing and what God has done in our life and and man I, I have felt the Lord this morning and this this has been my prayer that you would feel him that you would feel him right where you are and I pray that's happening right now i I pray that God is touching you right where you are uh i i, I I'm, I'm sorry for being a little emotional this morning but And God is good. Thinking about his blessings. Thinking about his goodness. Thinking about his love. Thinking about his salvation. Thinking about his provision for us through all of this mess. Uh, thinking about the home he's prepared for us, thinking about uh, Resurrection Sunday. Why is this such a big deal? I, I, know, I know this is Easter and this is the day uh, that we, we celebrate his resurrection, but honestly, we do that every Sunday. Every Sunday is re- resurrection celebration. We celebrate him getting up. But why, why is it such a big deal? Why is this so important to Christians all around the world? Why is this particular day, this particular topic, out of all the topics in the Bible, out of all the subjects in the Bible, why is, is resurrection so important and such a big deal? Well, several months ago, Several months ago, uh, we, we were planning and, 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 and trying to uh, organize the series for Easter and, and what we'd normally do, uh, and, and we, we come up with the idea of life after death, question mark, is there life after death, and, and tackle that subject, and so we, with everything going on, things kind of change just a little bit, but I wanted to stick with that subject. And I, I honestly, I can't think of a, a better subject to be dealing with or talking about than what's going on right now. Is there life after death? Well, if you have your Bible, if you have your Bible, I want you to take it and turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, and then we're going to look at uh, Job chapter 14, verse 14. Now, I've got it in my notes, so you don't have to turn there. Just go ahead and turn. Uh, we're going to take the bulk of the text and the bulk of the message out of 1 Corinthians 15. But I want, to read, I want to read what Job said in Job 14. So if you're following along, you get over there. You get over there. I'll be there in a minute, but you get over there to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 and verse number 1. But Job said, Job said in Job 14, 14, If a man die, if a man die, shall he live again? If a man die, shall he live again? That is the age old question. That is the question people are are wanting to know, especially in a time like this. If a man die, shall he live again? That's what we'll talk about in answer today. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I'm so grateful and I'm so appreciative of your presence, Lord. I'm so grateful that even in a time like this, that, Lord, you're not limited by buildings and, 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 and Lord, you're not, you're not limited by geography. And it doesn't matter where we are. When we come together, we assemble together like we are today. You're in the midst of where we are. And Lord, we have felt your presence today. We have felt your touch today. And God, I pray that every person under the sound of my voice right now, Lord, I pray they can feel your presence. I pray they can feel your touch. And and Lord, they are very aware of your presence with them. Now, Lord, I pray that you will touch this truth and this thought you've given us today. I pray that you'll bless your message. This is your word. Lord, we're going to take it straight out of your word. And I know you said your word would never return void. I pray that you'll open up the understanding of our mind. And and Lord, illuminate the scriptures today. Don't let me say anything I shouldn't. And Lord, don't let me forget anything I should. I pray that you'll anoint me with your Holy Spirit. Lord, I desperately, desperately need your presence today. I need your guidance. I need your touch. I need your anointing. And Lord, I pray together, Lord, you will give me the words to say. And God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people all over the community, all over the place, wherever you're at, say amen with us. Amen. Amen. Paul here in 1 Corinthians is dealing with a subject in this particular chapter, the subject of the resurrection. Primarily the resurrection of the saints. You see, in that day, at that particular point, uh, there were people that were saying that there was going to be no resurrection. That they didn't, they didn't they said that there was no resurrection, that when a when a body dies, that's all there is to it. Uh, now they believed that a spirit would go back to, uh, go back to the God that had sent it. But they, they did not believe in the resurrection. They were telling people there was no resurrection. Well, Paul is addressing that here in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. And I want to, I want to, there is so much in this chapter. I mean, there is tons and tons of material in this chapter. And we're not going to cover every single verse with every single detail. But I'm going to take the highlights out of this particular chapter to help us answer the question that Job asked. If a man die. Will he live again? Will he have a body again? Uh, What is going to take place when that happens? So, if you will bear with us, let's look in verse number 1, 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 and verse number 1. And if you're taking notes, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. First of all, first of all, we're going to look at the proof. Write that down. The proof of the resurrection. The proof of the resurrection. Paul takes them all the way back. Uh, to the first time that he had preached to them and given them the gospel. Now look what he says in verse number one. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received and wherein ye stand, by which ye also are saved, if ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. Now watch what he says. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, that's Peter, the apostle Peter, then of the twelve, after that he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present but some are falling asleep. After that, he was seen of James and then all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. So what does he begin this discussion with? What does he begin this teaching with? He said, there is proof of the resurrection. There is proof that if a man die, he will live again. He shall live again. How do we know that? The proof, the first proof he gives us is the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I have, I have given unto you that which I also received according to the scriptures. Now, Now, what does he say in that? Did he read uh, New Testament scriptures that sit like we do, that describe and talk about, did he have the Gospels? No, he's going back to the Old Testament and showing that through the Old Testament scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures spoke of a Messiah. The Old Testament scriptures spoke of the suffering and the death of the Messiah. And the Old Testament scriptures referred to and spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah. And that's exactly what Jesus said to the, those folks on the road to Emmaus. Listen, he said he began with the prophets and he began with Moses and begin to share with them all that the scriptures say. And he's saying this, let me tell you, there is proof that there's going to be a resurrection because God said it would. God said that the Messiah would be resurrected. And guess what? Not only did the scriptures say it would happen, it happened because we've got eyewitness proof. So two things here, and i got to hurry because i got a lot to share with you today. But the proof he is given is first, the words of the scriptures, and that should be enough. That's enough. God's word is enough. God's word is true. God's word is trustworthy. And, and he said, the words of the scriptures teach us that there's going to be a resurrection. And that there was a resurrection. Jesus got up from the grave. Secondly, the words or the witness of the saints, The witness of the saints. He began to go and he began to share all the different people that had seen Jesus alive after his death, burial, and resurrection. So not only do we see the the words of the scripture, but we see the witness of the saints. The witness of the saints. He said, listen, why are you going around telling people there's no resurrection when we have evidence that a man died and he's living again? We have the we have the witness, we have the evidence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he says, matter of fact, he said, after all those seen him, I seen him. Paul is saying, I'm an eyewitness of the resurrection. I'm an eyewitness that a man who died is living again. So we have the proof, all right? So he gives them the gospel. The gospel, according to the scriptures, the eyewitness accounts, they are proving and they're telling that a man lived again. Now, number two, number two, let's keep on. I told you I got a lot of stuff, so I got to hurry. Look at this. Number two, I want you to see the plan. The plan. How was this this supposed to be? How was this to come about? Look in verse number 20, 1 Corinthians 15, 20. He says, but now is Christ risen from the dead and become, the key word here, watch, become the first fruits First fruits, if you have your Bible, you can write in, underline that word. Christ is becoming the first fruits of them that slept. And we see the word slept means to die. Those that have died, Jesus is the first fruit. For since by man, here's a here's key, here's a key verse. For since by man, that would be Adam, came death. The Bible says that Adam sinned, sinned, and he plunged mankind into sin. For as by one man sin entered into the world, that is Adam. For by man came death. But he says this, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. That's the Lord. So by Adam came death because of sin. But Jesus brought in resurrection out of obedience. Look what he says in verse 22. For as in Adam all died. For as in Adam, all died. Why? He plunged the world into sin. And the wages of sin is what? The wages of sin is death. And because of Adam, all died. But watch this. But in Christ shall all be made alive. In other words, all those that are in Christ will be made alive again. Adam brought sin and death. But Jesus brought obedience and life. Somebody say amen right there. Look at the next verse. Look at the next verse. Verse 23. But every man in his own, what's that word? Order. Every man in his own order. Christ, the first fruits afterward, they that are Christ at his coming. Now, let me me give you the two points here. We see the plan. This is how this is orchestrated. This is what. God had in mind. Two things here, two things here. If you're taking notes, write this down underneath number two, okay? First, we have the origin of resurrection. The origin of resurrection. And we said that. It says, by man came death, okay? By man came death. By man came sin. That man is Adam. Adam plunged the world into sin. And because of sin, death came behind. Because the wages of sin is death. So the origin of sin is Adam. The origin of death is Adam. But guess what? The origin of the resurrection is the Lord Jesus Christ. Adam sinned and plunged the world into sin. But the Lord Jesus Christ obeyed his Father, and because he's obedient and he fulfilled the will of the Father, he has brought in the idea and the truth of the resurrection. The resurrection what does that mean those that were dead are alive again shall a man die and live again I, I submit to you yes absolutely yes because of the lord jesus christ he's the origin of the resurrection but but this is the cool part i want you to see the order the order of the resurrection in what order does this go in now 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 keep in mind i know what you're thinking I know what you're thinking because you say, well, other people that had died uh, were resurrected. Other people that died and resurrected, you know, the, the people that were brought back to life in the Old Testament. And then we have Lazarus and, 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 and the widow of Nain's son. And we have those that, that were brought back to life. But guess what? All those died again. Yeah, yeah, Lazarus, he come back, but he died again. All those that were resurrected died again. But Jesus is the first to be resurrected and live forever and not die again. All right? In the glorified body. Now, now here's the order. This is he has to come first. He has to come first. And let me explain. Let's use the word and 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 explain the word that Paul uses. Because of Jesus, he is the first fruits. Okay? You remember we underlined that word in our scriptures. He's the first fruits. Of the resurrection. Now watch, let's explain that. If you have your notes, if you printed them out and they're in front of you, listen real close. Before the Israelites harvested their crops, they were to bring a representative sample. You get that? Before the Israelites could harvest their entire crop, they had to bring a representative sample called the first fruits. They brought it to the priests as an offering to the Lord. The full harvest could not be made until the first fruits were offered. That is the point of Paul's explanation here. Christ's own resurrection was the first fruits of the resurrection harvest of the saints. In his death and resurrection, Christ made an offering of himself to God, to the Father on our behalf. The significance of, now keep it, pay attention, pay attention. Hey, wake up, pinch yourself, watch this. The significance of the first fruits, however, not only was that they preceded the harvest, but they were the first installment of the harvest. The fact, watch this, the fact that Christ was the first fruits, therefore, indicates that something else, namely the harvest of the rest of the crop, is to follow. In other words, Christ's resurrection could not have been in isolation to ours. His resurrection requires our resurrection because his resurrection was part of the larger resurrection of God's redeem. What does that mean? When they brought the first fruits, the the, the sample representative of the whole entire harvest, they are saying there's a lot more of this where this came from. And when Jesus, hallelujah, when Jesus rose from the dead, when he came back to life and he was resurrected to to life again, you know what that was? That was the first of many. That was the representative of the entire harvest. And one day, what does that mean to us? Because he got up I'm going to get up because he walked out of the grave. One day, if I had to go by way of the grave, I'm going to walk out of that grave because Jesus is the first fruits of the resurrection. He is just the beginning. He is just the start. He is just the first of many that will be resurrected. Somebody say amen right there. Hey, I'll bring my own shout this morning. Amen. Amen. Because he got up one day, we're going to get up. He's the first fruits. He's the first of many. Amen. 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 Thank God for His blessings. Thank God for His his truth today. He's the first fruits. Jesus is saying here, Hey, I'm not alone. I'm just the first of many to come. And who are the many to come? It's all those who are in Christ. Those that are in Christ will live again. Amen. Amen. Number three. Number three. We got to hurry. Got to hurry. Look here. Not only do we see the proof he gives in verses one through eight. Then we see the plan. Verses 20 through 23. <clears throat> but then look at this. Let's look at the, the pattern. What's it going to be like? What's it, what's it going to look like? Verse 42. Verse 42. He explains Paul is explaining the truth of the resurrection uh, so that they would be able to understand it, and he kind of he, he kind of describes uh, death and burial as planting a seed. You know, the seed has to die before it can it can become what is its destined to become—the plant or the flower or whatever it might be. And he said, death for the believer is just being planted. It's like a seed being planted. In other words. Well, that that seed may be planted, but it's going to come up again. And for the believer, for the born again believer, we may go down in death, but we're going to come back up again. And he describes it. He explains it, what it's going to be like. Verse 42, watch this. So also is the resurrection of the dead. Verse 42, it is sown in corruption. In other words, when we, if we die. If we die and we are buried, we're going to die in a corrupted state. A corrupted state. We were born into sin. The the psalmist said, in in sin did my mother conceive me. In other words, I arrived broken. I arrived corrupt because of Adam and and his sin and disobedience in the garden. And when I die, my body is corrupt. My body is breaking down. My body is on, the, on, the, on the, the process of dying. I heard it said one time that the, the time a person is born, they begin to die. And you know, our lives are that way. Our, our thoughts sometimes are that way. We have problems and we have issues and we have things in our life we struggle with. I may go down in corruption. But it says when I am raised again, when I, (coughs) excuse me, when I am raised again in the resurrection, I am raised in incorruption. I am sown in dishonor, but I'm raised in glory. I may be sown in weakness, but I'm going to be raised in power. I may be sown in a natural body, but I'm going to be raised in a spiritual body. He says there is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man Adam was made a living soul, but the last Adam was made a quickening spirit. What does that mean? I may be full of problems and issues and struggles today in my life, I may have medical problems and I may have mental problems sometimes. I may have physical problems and issues and I may struggle with temptation and I may struggle with sin and difficulty. And when I go down, I may go down broken. I'm gonna go down corrupt. I'm gonna go down weak and needy. But when I am resurrected, I'm gonna be resurrected in power. I'm gonna be resurrected incorruptible. I'm gonna be resurrected with a brand new body, a glorified body, Somebody say, man, hey, it's all going to be worth it. Hang on, neighbor. Hang on, Christian. Don't give up and don't quit. One day it's going to be worth it all. He begins to explain this resurrection. He said, I know we have issues now. I know we have struggles now. I know we have difficulties now. And we may go down in dishonor, but we'll be raised in honor. Somebody say amen right there. Now, now watch this. There's something else to this that you got to see. Really good, really important. Not only does he give an explanation of this resurrection, he gives an example. He gives an example. All right, now look, look here. Look in verse number, look in verse number 45. Look at verse number 45. He says, and so it is written, the first man Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. How be it that was not first which is spiritual, but that which is natural. In other words, we were born physically before we're born again spiritually. We were born by Adam, but we were born again by the Lord Jesus Christ. The first man, verse 47, verse 47. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man, Jesus, the second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. Now here it is. As we have borne the image of the earthy, We shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Now, what does that mean? What does that mean? When I am born into this world, I take after Adam. I inherited the traits of humanity. I inherited the weaknesses of humanity. I inherited the problems and the issues of humanity. And sad to say, I inherited the sin nature of humanity. I took after Adam by my physical birth. I took after Adam. I took after the one who fell. I took after the one who rebelled. I took after the one who was disobedient, but because of my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, because I have placed my faith in the Lord and I've repented of my sin and turned to Christ because of that, I may go down like Adam and I may die a physical death like Adam because of sin, the wages of sin is death. It is appointed unto man once to die. Because of Adam, I may go by way of the grave. If the Lord tarries is coming, because of Adam I'm going to face death. Because of Adam, there is a funeral in my future. Because of Adam, there is, there is this issue that I have of going down in weakness. But because of Christ, I'm going to rise again. Not like Adam. Not in weakness like Adam. Not in temptation like Adam. But I I'm going to bear the identity of the heavenly. I may go down like Adam, but I'm going to rise like Jesus. I may die in the image of Adam, but in the resurrection, I'm going to be in the image of Christ. In other words, I die like Adam, but after the resurrection, I'm going to be like Christ. I'm going to be like Christ. Now watch, which Christ? Which Christ? What do you mean which Christ? I'm talking about after resurrection Christ. Not 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 the Jesus that was walking the streets of Jerusalem. Not the Jesus that walked on water. Not the Jesus that was beaten and battered, and bruised, and bloody, and hung on a cross. I'm not talking about that one. I'm talking about the one who came out of the ground. I'm talking about the one that was resurrected after the third day. I'm talking about the one who is in glory and has his glorified body. That's what we're going to be like. What was that like? Let's describe it. Let's describe it. Look what it says. Let's say this. Let's say this. According to these scriptures. According to these scriptures. Jesus was the prototype. If you will. If you want to use that word. If that makes it a little easier to understand. Jesus' resurrection body. Alright. When Jesus come out of the ground. His resurrection body. Was the prototype. Of what was to come. In other words. The way Jesus was. When he was resurrected. Is the way I will be. After my resurrection. Now. Now. Look, watch what it says. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 3. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Now let me read that again. We shall be like him. For we shall see him As he is. What does that mean? In the resurrection, my body is going to be like Jesus' body. My Listen, who I am will be like Jesus is. Let's let's describe it. Let's describe it. From Jesus' post-resurrection appearances, we can kind of get a glimpse and an idea of what our resurrection bodies and and the greatness of that's going to be like. The power of our resurrected bodies. Watch this. Jesus appeared and disappeared at will. He couldn't do that. He didn't do that before his resurrection. He appeared and disappeared at will. Reappearing again at another place far distant. He could go through walls and close doors. Yet, yet, he could also eat and drink, sit and talk and be seen by those who he wanted to see him. He was remarkably the same, yet even more remarkably different. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying his resurrected body was different than the body that went in the ground. They didn't recognize him at first till he revealed himself to them. His glorified, resurrected body could go through closed doors, could go through walls and appear and disappear, be here and be there according to Scriptures. Read it. It's all there in the gospel. But not only that, you say, well, he must have just been a spirit. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. When he appeared to the disciples, when he appeared to the disciples there in the upper room when they were hiding and they were afraid, he said, listen, you don't have no reason to be afraid. It's me. Hey, it's me. He said, look at my hands. He said, see that I am flesh and bone. It's me. But then he said this, do y'all have anything to eat? And they gave him fish and a honeycomb. So preacher, what does that mean? In our resurrected bodies, we're going to have power like we've never known before. In our resurrected bodies, we're going to be able to go here and go there. We're going to be able to appear and disappear. We're going to be able to eat. Say amen right there. He ate fish and a honeycomb in his resurrected body. And you know what the scriptures say? He was the prototype. When I go down, I may go down like Adam, but when I come up, I'm going to come up as Jesus, just like Jesus. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but when we see him, watch this, we shall be like him. Preacher, what's it going to be like? Read the Gospels. What was Jesus like right after the resurrection? That's what you're going to be like. According to this chapter, according to this chapter, Paul says, hey, our bodies are going to be like his body. Our life is going to be like his life. The power we have and what we will experience is going to be what he experienced. You see, he's the prototype. He's the first fruits of what's to come. Let me give you the two things and we'll, we'll pray and close. We saw the, the proof. We saw the plan. We saw the pattern. What's it going to be like? We just described. It's going to be. We're going to be like Jesus. Our bodies are going to be like Jesus. When we're resurrected, our bodies are going to be changed. And this is what we're fixing to read. Our bodies are going to be changed in the moment, the twinkling of an eye at the resurrection. Look what it says. We see the praise. The praise. He says, behold, I show you a mystery. Verse 51. If you're following along, verse 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. In other words, we're not all going to die. Every believer is not going to die. But we shall all be changed. Whether you go in the rapture or whether you are resurrected, your bodies are going to be changed. We're going to be completely changed at the same time, immediately in the moment, the twinkling of an eye. It says, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. If you're going to be glad one day not to have to have glasses anymore, if you're, gonna, if you're glad one day that you're not going to need medicine anymore. If you're glad one day that there'll be no need for hospitals and quarantine anymore. We shall be changed. Amen. It's going to be worth it. Look what he says. For this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. So, when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption in and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Listen, the praise, there's two things I want you to write down underneath that point. First, there's going to be a shout of victory, a shout of victory, a shout of victory. You know what we're going to be able to say when we come out of that ground? You know, we go to, we go to funerals <clears throat> and we grieve and we cry and we mourn and we shed tears and our hearts are broken because the grave and death has taken something from us and taken someone from us that we love dearly and, and, and we, we think the world of and our hearts are broken. But one day, one day in that resurrection day, we're going to come out of that grave, we're going to come out of that ground, we're going to come out of that coffin, we're going to come out of that burial place, no matter where it is that we are, God is going to transform and bring our bodies back together, and we're going to be able to look back at that grave, we're going to be able to look back at that coffin, we're going to be able to look back at death, and say, how do you like me now, where's your power now, where's your strength now, death will be swallowed up in victory, and there's going to be a shout of glory, a shout of blessing, a shout of victory for every saint of God, Death is not the end. Death doesn't win the ultimate battle. Death doesn't win the ultimate fight. Jesus even said in this particular chapter, death will be the last enemy to be destroyed and to be conquered. Thank God we have victory through Jesus Christ. That brings up the source of victory. The shout of victory. One day we're going to shout, you may go to a funeral and cry today. You may go to a funeral and grieve today, but at the resurrection, there's going to be celebrating and there's going to be shouting and there's going to be a shout of triumph and a shout of victory for every saint of God. And we're going to be able to look back at that grave and say, where is your power now? Where's your victory now? There's going to be a shout of victory because of the source of victory. It says this, we can't ever forget this, but thanks be unto God. But thanks be unto God who giveth us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. What does that mean? The reason we don't have to be afraid of a coffin. The reason we don't have to grieve and sorrow as others who have no hope at a funeral. Because we, listen, we don't have to face death and face the end as people say. We don't have to face it With no hope and no anticipation of living again. Why? Because of Jesus. Because of his resurrection. I'm going to be resurrected. Because he's the first fruits of a coming harvest. And if you're a child of God. You're part of that harvest. You're part of that getting up again. You're part of that future resurrection. Not because you're a good person. Not because you've done good deeds not because you're a a great giver or a, a great servant. No, the only reason you're going to get up if you believe in Christ, the only reason that you're going to get up and be resurrected one day because of the mercy and grace and love of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why is today such a big deal? Because we don't have to be afraid of a grave because of this day. Because of the day that Jesus rose again. Because of the celebration and the wonder of His resurrection. Listen, it's so important that we praise Him. It's so important that we worship Him. It's so important that we give all of our honor and all of our praise and all of our glory to Him. Because of Him, we're going to get up. Because of Him, we'll come up incorruptible. We'll come up. In power, listen. We're not going to be. We're not going to come up like we go down. We may have to face death because of Adam, but we're going to anticipate life and glory and power because of the Lord Jesus. Now let's let's sum it all up. Let, let's let's draw this to a conclusion. Let's draw this to a conclusion. I'm so glad. Jesus got up. I'm so glad there were eyewitnesses. I'm so glad that he appeared and, and, and people saw him. And, and listen, he resurrected, he got up and there were eyewitnesses to the fact. I'm so glad that he is the first fruits because he got up one day we're going to get up. I'm so glad, I'm so glad that, that, that we get a glimpse of what his resurrected body was like. He was able to appear and disappear. He was able to go here and there, go through doors, go through lock walls. There was no hindrance. There was no obstacles to his movement. Yet he could sit down and eat dinner with you and walk and talk and fellowship with you in his resurrected body. What a, what a, what a day that's going to be. And that's what we're going to have. And, and it's all because, it's all because the Lord Jesus Christ, God has given us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, now here's, here's, the, here's the point. Here's the point. There's a word here that says, therefore. Therefore. Now, you remember, everything we just said is therefore what we're fixing to read. What we're fixing to read. He said, I said basically this. He said, I said all that to say this. That's okay. From verses one all the way to this verse. Therefore. When we find that word, therefore. All right. He said, I said all that. The verse. In other words, from 1 to 57. 57 verses he gives us of truth and understanding and comprehension of the resurrection. And he said, I said all that to say this. What's it say? Verse 58. Let's look. Therefore. Say with me now. I'm almost done. This is real short. This is real short. Therefore. My beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Why? For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What does that mean? Don't give up, don't quit, don't get weary in well doing. I know the times are difficult. I know the times are tough. I know all of this stuff we're dealing with, and we're having to and we're having to to, 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 to struggle through is frustrating. Uh, we, we prayed at, at a nursing home yesterday, and. And I, I could see the weariness in, in some of the uh some of the, the 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 nurses and the administrators there and and man we're praying for them and and I know there's a struggle right now and, and and the devil's gonna tell you it's not worth it. And the devil's gonna tell you, hey, just just give it up because people think that when you're dead, you're just dead all over, and that's the end, and, and that's all there. No, 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 no. Don't quit. Don't quit. Be steadfast, be unmovable, always about work till Jesus comes. Why? Because one day, we're going to live again. One day, we're going to come out of that ground. One day, we're going to be resurrected with a glorified body. And we're going to be rewarded by our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, don't quit. Don't give up. Don't get frustrated. Just pray some more. When you want to quit, pray some more. When you want to throw in the towel, pray some more. Just spend some time with God. Spend some time in His Word. Spend some time in worship. Get you some good music. Get along with God and just listen to it over and over again. And let God touch your heart and remind yourself that one day I'm going to get up. Don't be so broken and don't be so sorrowful. Don't don't sorrow as others who have no hope. Because one day, one day, there's going to be a resurrection. I want, to read, I want to read what a Bible scholar said, a theologian, a German theologian named Eric Sauer. Eric Sauer, and then we'll pray, okay? This is what he said. The present age is Easter time. In other words, the present age between the death of Christ and the resurrection of Christ to the resurrection of humanity and the saved. He said all of it's Easter time. The present age is Easter time. It begins with the resurrection of the Redeemer. And it ends with the resurrection of the redeemed. Between lies the spiritual resurrection of those called to life in Christ. So we live between two Easter's. You get that? We live between two Easter's. The resurrection of the Redeemer and the resurrection of the redeemed. He says, and in the power of the first Easter... We go to meet the last Easter. What does that mean? Because of the power and the anointing we see in the first resurrection, we're going to go in the resurrection of the Redeemer. Because of the resurrection of the Redeemer, we're going to be able to witness the resurrection of the redeemed. And because of the power here, we're going to see power there. And because He got up, we'll get up. Because He rose again, we will rise again. Because he received a glorified body. We will receive a glorified body. He is the first fruits; He is the prototype of what's to come. He is the first, the representative of the rest of the harvest. And that is all the born again believers. So don't sorrow as those that have no hope. It says in 1 Thessalonians uh, uh, chapter number 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. He says don't sorrow as those who have no hope. Listen, when Jesus comes, he's going to bring them with you. He's going to bring them with him. He says, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ That's your momo, that's your pawpaw, that's your uncles, your aunts, your mother, your father, maybe your children, people that have gone on before you in Christ. Listen, they're already in heaven. Their spirit is already in heaven with Jesus. Well, the Bible says, at the rapture of the church and the resurrection of the saints, the Lord, there's going to be a shout, there's going to be a blast of the trumpet, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be called up together to be with them in the clouds. He said, comfort one another with these words. Now, when you put that together with 1 Corinthians, listen, we may not all go by way of the grave, but we're going to come up together. I may not go down by the grave, but I'm still going to be changed in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye. I'm going to have a resurrected body just like those who have gone before me by way of death. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. One day it's going to be worth it all. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't, don't, don't sorrow as those who have no hope, but know that we're going to see again those that are in Christ. And they're not going to come back up like they went down. They may go down because of this virus. They may go down because of cancer. They may go down because of heart disease. They may go down because of a bodily affliction that caused their death. But ladies and gentlemen, if they are in Christ, they may go down in weakness, but they're going to come back in power. They may go down in corruption, but they're going to come back in incorruption. Why? Simply because Jesus got up. Because of His resurrection, One day we will experience resurrection. Now do you see why this day is such a big deal? Why Easter is so important to the Christian faith? It's because of, and by the way, I didn't go into it because we just, I knew we wouldn't have enough time. But Paul said here in chapter number one, he said, let me tell y'all something. If Jesus hadn't got up, all we do would be in vain. And all men, we would be of all men most miserable. But he said, let me tell you something. He got up. And I saw him. I'm an eyewitness of him, Paul says. And because he got up, one day we're going to get up. Church say amen right there. Oh, 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 I almost forgot. I almost forgot. You remember the question? You remember the question? Do you remember who asked the question? You remember Job in the Old Testament? If a man die. If a man die, shall he live again? Well, guess what? Job received an answer. Job had an answer to his own question. If you will keep reading and get on to Job chapter 19, you will find out these words. Job said, I know my Redeemer liveth, and he shall stand at the latter day on this earth. And though the skin worms destroy this body of mine, watch this now, yet in my Flesh, I shall see God. I shall see him as he is. Somebody say amen. He said even though I may die, even though my body may go in the grounds and the worms eat this body of mine, I'm going to be restored. I'm going to be resurrected in my flesh. I shall see God. You know what he's re- referring to? He's referring to the resurrection of the saints. Job answered his own question. He answers it with an affirmative yes, absolutely Man will live again. But hey, only in Christ. Only in Christ. If you're watching, if you're watching by way of social media, if you're watching by way of live stream and you don't know Christ, and you don't know Jesus, oh, I want to tell you right now, I want to tell you right now that Jesus loves you. Jesus doesn't care about your past. He is He is concerned about your future. And if you will trust Him right now, if you will place your faith in Him right now, He will save you today. He will take you and change your life. He will give you what you stand in need of so one day you can get up again. Say, preacher, how does that happen? How How, how can I live again? I want to I be resurrected one day. I want to live again. Well, it says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God in other words we've all we've all made mistakes we've all sinned we've all uh, uh, done things that were wrong and we've offended a holy God our sin our disobedience has offended a holy God and it must be paid for you see the Bible says the wages of sin Romans 6 23 the wages of sin is death the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Oh, my goodness, preacher. My sin has to be paid for. It sure does. But I got good news. I've got good news. It says, but God commended his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us. Preacher, how do I get my sin paid for then? In Romans chapter number 10, it says, if we'll confess our sin he is faithful and just to forgive us Our excuse me that's in First John but it says if we will call on him if we will call on him for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved if we will confess him Lord of our life if we will come to him and believe that Jesus died was buried and rose again it says, for with a heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. All that simply means is if today you'll believe. If you'll believe that Jesus, he came, he died, and he rose again. If you'll believe today that he'll forgive you if you ask him, he'll forgive you of your sin today. Today. Listen, if you're ready to call on him, if you're ready to trust him today, Oh, I pray that you will. If you're ready to believe on him with all of your heart and confess him Lord of your life, if you'll pray this prayer, and this is not a formula, you you gotta do it with your heart. You gotta believe with all of your heart. With the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. If you're willing to believe with your heart, pray this with me and mean it with your heart. Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. Dear Lord, I know I'm a sinner. And the best I know how, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. The best I know how, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I ask you to come into my heart and be my Savior. I'm confessing you, Lord. I believe on you with all of my heart. I believe that you came. I believe that you died. I believe that you rose again. I believe that you came, I believe that you died, and I believe that you rose again. I'm surrendering my life to you. I'm surrendering my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that prayer, we'd sure love to know it. We've got a little booklet we'd love to give you. It says, now that I believe, what's next? What's next? What's after salvation? What's after salvation? Is is that all there is to it? Oh, no. You, You just began your life with Christ. You began following Jesus. What's after salvation? Now that you're saved, you know the Lord wants you to be baptized. After baptism, he wants you to follow him and trust him, obey him. But we'll help you with all of those things. But now that you're saved, we'd love to give you this little booklet. If you prayed that prayer today, if you prayed that prayer today, I'd love for you to let us know. If you'll comment there, we'll get this booklet to you. We'll con- we'll, we'll contact you back. And we'll get this booklet. Just just type in there if you're on Facebook or our live stream. I, always, I don't know how to do it on live stream, but I, I guess you know, on Facebook, just put "I prayed." I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and we'll get you that. We'll get you that that, that little booklet. Okay. I hope y'all have an awesome resurrection Sunday. I hope this is one of the best. You know, God has taken all the fluff away. Do you notice that? It's not about the Easter bunny. It's not about chocolate, and it's not about eggs, and it's not about candy today. God has taken away all the fluff. God has taken away all the distractions. You see, he's made today all about himself. You know what? That's the way it should have been all this may be, and this may go down as the greatest resurrection service we've ever had. I pray that the Lord met with you in your living room. I pray that the Lord met with you in your vehicle, wherever you're at watching. Listen, I pray the Holy Spirit just permeated your residence. Don't give up. Don't quit. One day, one day, it's going to be worth it all. According to this verse 58, your labor is not in vain. Hang in there. One day we'll rise again. Y'all have a good day. Don't forget Wednesday. Don't forget Wednesday. We're going to have our online Bible study Wednesday. You don't want to miss it. Come out and be with us. Y'all take care. Bye-bye.